This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Hasn't there been a stack of discussion about origin selections? So I'll ask you this. Has Freddie got it right or has he got it all horribly, horribly wrong? Seven changes. Seven changes for the Blues from game one. Remember Isaiah Yo came within a whisker, within a whisker of scoring on full time, which would have tied proceedings. Is it panic stations? There's a lot of changes. Jack Whiten, as we know, was ruled out with COVID. So Matty Burton's going to debut at left centre. Stephen Crichton on the right. Because Tony Stagg is gone. Tarek Sims has been chopped. Regan Campbell-Gillard has been axed. So too his Parramatta teammate, Ryan Madison. Now, Jake Trebojevich will return in the front row. Abby Korosau is in and starting. We saw that footage after their win over the Warriors on Saturday night. We knew he was in. He's got to start, so that consigns Damien Cook to the bench. Angus Crichton is on the pine as well, and a debut to CSC for Talakai. So they're the new faces in the blue side on the bench. Anyway, look, it does wreak a bit of panic, though, you'd think. Or, or at least an admission that they got the selections wrong for game one. Although Freddie did say, you know, we, we were pretty confident what we had in game one. It didn't work. We'll try again. So, so the question I'm asking, and I'm sure many others are as well, where, where is their go forward? Where's the go forward? Only two genuine props in the side, Payne Haas, Junior Barlow. And Junior's off the bench. And Jake's going to start in the front row. Jake... Is not busting out big metres this year. And then the thing about it, we read today in the Herald about a secret meeting between Fittler and the ref's boss, Jared Maxwell. And Fittler spoke to Maxwell a few days after that game one loss, complained about a few things, like the late hits on Cleary. Barlow being held in that scrum when DCE ran over. And clearly, the, the play the ball speed concerned the Blues. He said as much afterwards, the New South Wales coach. So looking at this side, and Maxwell said, well, you know, here's what it is, pal. Looking at this side, it looks like it's picked on an assumption that they are going to get quick ball. Or they're sure as hell hoping they'll get quick ball. Ashley Klein is in charge again for game two. It is bold, if nothing else, by Freddie. I'm not entirely convinced, but quite often I'm not, I wasn't convinced by White, and he was arguably their best player. So, you know, Freddie's a lot smarter than me. I'm not convinced, but... Look, the Blues, despite the seven changes, they start the match as a dollar eighty favourites. Go figure. Go figure. Now for the Maroons, uh, Murray Talangi comes in for the Indians, Xavier Coates. It was interesting after that great come-from-behind win on Friday night by the Cowboys, and Todd Payton was speaking afterwards. He said, Cotter's gone. He said, uh, yeah, well, Talangi will be right for origin. He sort of paused and said, oh, if he's picked. And I thought, is that a bit of a Freudian slip there? by the Cowboys coach. Yeah. Was he aware that Talangi was going to replace Xavier Coates? Maybe. Maybe he had no idea. Either way, he's in. It's a reward for good form for the North Queensland Cowboys. So a bit of a pack reshuffle now that they have lost Reuben Cotter to that hamstring injury. Big Tino moves back to lock. Lindsay Collins starts in the front row. And Jai Arrow comes onto the bench. I am happy for Matt Burton. Did you see that footage afterwards? Great win by the dogs. He comes off. There's Freddie. Shook his hand. He goes, mate, you're in. And he's... Couldn't believe it. And he sits down and then they go, by the way, Birdo's in origin. They jumped on him. The Fox, Addo Carr, Josh Addo Carr was the first one there to congratulate him. Wonderful scenes. And thoroughly well-deserved. He's banging the door down, clearly. And I understand 
for this Panthers connection. And the key thing about Burton, well, a couple of key things. I, know to- I was playing on a different side this year compared to what he did last year because of the form of Isaac Tago. But you think about Coruscant 9, Yo at 13, Cleary at 7, Luai at 6, then you had Burton and To'o next to each other. And defensively, they were so sound last season. Raining Dallium centre of the year. I don't know, he's playing 5-8. So I get it. In that respect, combination-wise, I get it. But he provides a kicking alternative to Cleary, as Matt Burton, which is one area where Queensland had a clear advantage. I mean, how many kicking options do they have? You had DCE, you had Munster, you had Ben Hunt. You know, Kalen could kick. Val Holmes could kick at a pinch. So somebody else to shoulder that kicking burden. burden. And you know he's got a massive boot on him too. So Burton to shoulder the burden, perhaps. 0457 736 736. Just uh, recapping the results from round 15. Thursday night, I should slow this down. I was on here yesterday doing crunch time with Steve O'Keefe and Jay's Magnus. And now Socky's uh, he's a Mad Bunnies fan. And normally, if, you, if you're a fan of Crunch Time, if you listen to the program, you know that we go through and we sort of, each break we run through each game for the weekend thus far, play some of the highlights, go through some of the stats. Uh, we went off on tangents, as we inevitably do, and we didn't get around to covering the Thursday night game between the Rabbitohs and the Dragons. Seems like a, isn't it funny you get to Sunday, go Thursday? It feels like a lifetime ago. I think Socky was, was pretty happy we didn't bring that up. Now, Pat, our button bunny tonight, he's a Mad South fan as well. 32-0 at halftime. One of the most inept displays I've seen from South Sydney in recent memory, at least at 40 minutes anyway. Lovely ball movement by the Dragons, it has to be said, but the Bunnies' defence just, just gifted, gifted them points. Friday night, we just touched on that before. Cowboys 26 defeated Manly. Sorry, Cowboys 28, rather, defeated Manly 26. I don't know how the Eagles let this one slip away. I was tuned in on the car ride on the way in. I thought, yeah, this is home. And then bang, bang, bang. That final try to Holmes against the run of play. Three tries in the last seven minutes to take the points. Lock and Croker, I thought, had a good game for, for the Eagles. Reuben Connor, as we mentioned, they lost him in the warm-up to that hamstring injury. And Jake T. Jake Draboy, that did enough to earn a Blues recall. Freddie was saying he just, you know, they hammered him all night. And I guess they're looking to shore up the defence in the middle. And that's a justification for choosing him for game two. So well done to the Cowboys. And they won in different circumstances, you know, coming from behind. That'll, that'll please the Cowboys faithful and please coach Todd Payton. Melbourne 32, Brisbane 20. No Reynolds, of course, for the Broncos. You know, I looked up at oh, that's Tyrone Roberts. He actually played all right. Good to see him back playing some decent footy. They led 16-6, Brisbane at one stage. And Melbourne turned it on. Bang, 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 bang. Four consecutive tries and enough to see them get the chockies. Jerome Hughes was excellent. Brisbane, though, and Kevy said afterwards, OK, we lost, but we're not particularly disappointed by it. They didn't disgrace themselves. At all. Sharks 18, Gold Coast 10. Cronulla, just, I heard Sugar Cane say on the run home this afternoon, they're just off the boil, Cronulla. Just ever so slightly off the boil. But, importantly, they won, as they should be against the Titans. Nico Hines is great, and poor Gold Coast. Our last, Penrith 40, Warriors 6. Uh, the last game in Oz, or last home game in Oz for the New Zealand side. And Penrith are just clearly on another level. Now, game of the round. Saturday night, Parramatta Twix 2016 have knocked off the Roosters. 2016. 26 have knocked off the Roosters 16. Some really lovely passages of play. And that first 40 in particular was a high-quality game of footy. Wonderfully executed tries. And Parramatta showed when they're on, they're contenders. I mean, you do that to the Roosters, 
you beat the Storm, you beat the Panthers. I mean, they, <laughs> they lose to Canterbury and they lose to the Tigers. So the gap between their best and the worst, they have to close that up. And we know the Roosters, they were missing Keary, Jared, Victor Radley, and it showed. It showed. And then Canberra, 20 over the Knights 18. They looked in cruise control in the first half. I go, oh, they're gone, the Knights are going to get pumped again and the heat's going to be ramped up on Adam O'Brien. Then the Knights rested back the lead. Hudson Young strike. It's a good play, Hudson Young. In the 78th minute, got him home. Uh, better from Newcastle, but, but they didn't win. They didn't win. Ponga had that tummy bug. We'll be right for the Maroons, though. And then the Bulldogs, 36 over the Tigers, 12. Carl the Doggies, consecutive wins. Very passionate fans at Combank Stadium yesterday afternoon. Played some really nice free-flowing footy as well. And as for the Tigers, and I feel for the Tigers, a bit of chat about uh, Brooksy being dropped by our very own Brett Kamali. But what it showed is that their problems run deeper than Madge and you know, the clean-out begins. Tyron Peachy's been granted a, well, a release, but told he can shop, or shop himself around and look at other clubs. 0457 736 736. Speaking of clubs, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, well done to the Englishman, won the US Open, his first major. And on the same course, no less, where he took the US Amateur title nine years earlier. Two under 68. This is at the Country Club, Brookline, Massachusetts. Finished at six under and beat Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler by one. Paul Zalatoris, I mean, he, he's so close. He strikes the ball really nicely, I have to say. So, so close to winning a major. He'll get there. He'll get there. Second straight runner up finish at a major for Zalatoris. Lost to JT, Justin Thomas, in a playoff at the PGA last month. And his sixth top 10 finish in seven majors since he made his debut at Winged Foot in the 2020 US Open. So he's got game. But Fitzpatrick, a lot of people liked him, actually, at the start of this tournament, mainly because of the course knowledge, you think. 17 greens in reg. The first Englishman, Matt Fitzpatrick, to win the US Open since Justin Rose in 2013, which, incidentally, was the same year Fitzpatrick won the US Amateur at the Country Club. And further to that, he joins Jack Nicholas as the only player to win both the US Open and the Amateur on the same course. And Nicholas did that at Pebble Beach in 1961 and then again in 1972. Best of the Aussies, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, the top finishers. Uh, final round, two under par, 68. So a pretty decent final round from uh, the Queenslander and the Victorian, respectively. And they finished in a tie for 14. But, but in, more significantly, the first top 15 result outside of the match play event for both Aussie big guns since the Genesis Invitational in February. So they needed a return to form of sorts. Now, of course, Origin football on Sunday, no club footy until next weekend. So we're going to have to fill the void, aren't we? I decided to do this on a Monday night. Tell me what you think. One, two, one, two, three, four. Although, you know what, nothing like a bit of Billy Joel to get the blood pumping. My top performers, my four top performances from the weekend. Number one, I'm going to go Canterbury Bulldogs. Love how they're scoring points under Mick Potter. The players look like they're enjoying their footy again. And for those saying that going to Canterbury basically is going to signal the end of your rep career and they look at Josh Adokar, just have a look at Matty Burden. Number two, Matthew Fitzpatrick, as mentioned. Great to see him get up and win the US Open. Quality golfer, the same venue he played the amateur title. It was a classic US Open finish. See, I love tournaments where it wasn't a particularly long course. Sort of played Lynx style almost, didn't it? With the weather conditions coming to play in the USGA with their awkward pin placements. If you can win at six under, 
That is a quality golf tournament. Number three, Elijah Winnington grabbed the first goal of the World Swimming Championships to take the men's 400 free on Saturday in Budapest. And I guess you could say it was a bit of redemption for Winnington. Now he's stepping out of the shadow of Mac Horton and didn't have a great Olympics. So that was a really good finish for him. And then number four, speaking of Olympics, Peter Bowl. So we need to mention this because this sort of stuff tends to fly under the radar somewhat in the midst of football season. Do you remember how he captured the nation's attention during the Olympic Games? Well, he's again broken the national and Oceanian 800-metre record. A beautiful run too at the World Athletics Championships. On the cusp of, cusp of the Athletics Championships, I should say, and the Com Games. He came second. This was in the Paris Diamond League. He's 28, posted a 144. Lowered the national title, which belonged to himself. Third time he's achieved the new national benchmarks. So well done to him. Uh, just on the swimming, just back to that very quickly. No Ariane Tipmas Ledecky won that 400 free. We'll talk to him about that in a bit further detail in a moment with Lockie McCurdy. 0457 736 736. We're up and running. You're on high ground. Uh, Lockie McCurdy from Code Sports joins me each and every Monday. He's on the line right now for the weekend wash-up. Hey, Lockie. How are we going? Good oh. Mondays to you. Good Mondays to you. Yeah, I thought of Billy Joel. <laughs> I might keep people awake anyway, certainly while you're waiting on the line. <laughs> Uh, mate, seven changes, seven changes by Freddie Fittler. Isn't it funny? I mean, they they weren't far off in game one and people are saying not panic stations. Obviously, Jack Whiten was an enforced change, but maybe a couple of tweaks here or there. It's more than I anticipated, I I have to say. Is it, is it panic stations from the Blues, do you think? Yes and no. I I agree with you. It's a, it's more changes than I thought it was going to be. I think looking at the squad, the one to 17, I'm okay with it. That's the one to 17 that runs out on Sunday. I understand it. I I guess they were absolutely dominated in the ruck in that first game against Queensland and bringing guys like Jake Jaborovic, obviously Christ on the bench. I don't think they've had the best of years club wise, those two individuals, but in terms of what the Blues need for game two in quick play of the balls and trying to get that speed up in the ruck, I think they're the sort of players who can bring that. So I understand that. I was surprised that Katoni Staggs wasn't given another chance. I thought he's still been playing well for Broncos. the Broncos. He looked good against the Storm the other night. Uh, but really, like you were kind of mentioning a bit earlier, that Penrith edge of getting Burden together, getting Crichton there, and then obviously Luai and Cleary, in the middle, I, I guess it's kind of an irresistible prospect for Freddie. So, yeah, it's a couple of extra changes that I would have made, but Freddie gets paid the big bucks for a reason. Yeah, he does. I, I thought the omission of Regan Campbell-Gillard was harsh. And a lot of people, certainly power yep. fans, are coming out today and saying, well, what about Ryan Madison who had a game and a half against the Roosters, but yet they switch him out for... For Angus Crichton, you know, just mm. go forward was an issue for them in game one. I see what they're trying to do. I just feel like they're one big man short. I do too. And and I do think it's going to be interesting, the makeup of the bench that you've got Sifa Talakai there, who's been playing predominantly at centre this year, who now has to go back to that role of a, a kind of an edge middle forward coming on off the bench. And it, it's going to be really interesting because... You've got Junior Barlow there, and we know what he brings to the game, but I agree with you. I thought Regan Campbell-Gillard actually had a pretty good origin one in terms of what he could bring on the field. I thought 
Ryan Madison didn't get much of an opportunity. He came on when kind of Queensland were dominating the ruck and his form this year deserves another go. Uh, I guess Cookie's the interesting one as well. You've obviously got Appy Coruscant in there. And I think it's probably the right move, to be honest, because Appy oh, can bring something that Cook didn't in game one. Game one was a, a bit of a struggle for Cook in terms of getting the ball moving quickly and skirting out a dummy half. It was only in the last 10 minutes of the game where New South Wales looked good was when Damien Cook was running. So if he can kind of have a set amount of time to do that, maybe that'll help the Blues. Mm, mm. It, it's sort of on the surface. It looks like they're trying to take a leaf out of Queensland's book, aren't they, with that Harry Grant-style running game, mm. kicking off the game, which works so effectively. He was almost the difference, Harry, in that first game. In the second half, Absolutely. just rolling yeah. down the middle. And, he, and and Matt Burton, I don't think there's too many people disappointed by that selection. No, I think he's someone who is kind of similar to Joseph Stowali. He's a young player who people go, no, this kid's going to play Origin. And if Freddie thinks he's ready now, then people go, okay, he's ready now. And while he might not always be at centre, he may work force his way into the halves at some point. It's good to see him getting a go. And it, it's a big stage to go on because... New South Wales need to win this game. It's a must-win game to keep the series alive. And, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of pressure for a young kid, but I feel like Burden, we've seen throughout his young career so far, he's been able to handle it. Yeah, and, and the point I'll be making is, well, it gives another kicking option, doesn't it? And that was a clear mm. advantage Queensland had. With both their halves would kick. You know, Ben Hunt can kick and kick out a dummy half, no less, and a couple of backs chime in if they need to. And It just gives a break, because one of the areas of concern for Freddie was the kick pressure on Cleary. Yeah, it is. And it, and it is an interesting one. that it, it does give them a few more options, kind of like Jack Whiten being at centre, that if something goes wrong with the Cleary or Lua, you can move Burden in there and bring Talakai on or something like that. So it, he has got all these options covered in case something goes wrong in the game. I just hope that his plan A is strong and it's not just about making sure that he's got plan A, B, C and D. Now, you've been all across the swimming, these uh, t- championships in Budapest at the moment. Uh, mm. I mentioned there, Elijah Winnington. Uh, James Magnuson yesterday was telling me he was really happy for him. Because there were a lot of expectation on Elijah, as you know. Uh, Lockie heading into Tokyo, stepping out of the shadow of Mac Horton. And it didn't quite deliver. And he needed a big showing on the world stage. And that's what he delivered. It, it was really interesting going into the Olympics. There was all this hype around Elijah, um, talking to him before going over there. He, you, you got this sense that he's a real calm, composed individual. He was ready to perform over there. And uh, I guess it's what happens at these big international meets, especially for young kids who are going there for the first time, that the occasion can kind of overawe them. And we saw after his win this week in, in Hungary um, that he was very much like, yep, I kind of didn't really prepare properly or I, I didn't understand how big the Olympics were going to be and I wanted to make amends for that and I think there was one point where he said he felt like a failure which is totally not mm. the case because he made it to Olympic Games and I think that's still incredible in itself but he swim this week in the 400 it was quite remarkable he went out early he in both his sort of semi-finals and the other the heats in the final the first half of the race he was below world record time and he was never probably going to touch that world record but the fact he was setting that pace early was really impressive and but he was able to go on with it. In the last 50 metres, he kind of really kicked on and almost won by a body length when commentators and people were going, oh, okay, now he'll he'll back off and others will go past him. But he found a second gear. And, I mean, he's got a big career ahead of him. So if he can keep performing like that, it'll be very impressive to watch. Oh, without question. Uh, anybody else stand out for you? Uh, we went mentioned that word redemption. I mean, I guess you could say that applies to, to Shana Jack. Uh, she won the... The gold in the women's 4x100, uh, swimming really good times as well. Uh, speaking of 4x100, uh, what about the split by 
by um, by Kyle Chalmers. 46.6. Frightening. <laughs> it was incredible. And you go, he wasn't even picking this team to, to swim free. No, he wanted to swim fly. That's right, it. yeah. Yeah, um, but obviously because he's there in the squad, they can pick him in the relay. So if you've got someone like that in the squad, of course you're picking him in the relays when you saw why single-handedly made sure the Aussies got a silver medal. So, yeah, it's quite remarkable. And, and you said the women's team, it's it's a formidable side. Like, we've got almost the top seven or eight times in the world this year just from our Aussie women. So they could have picked almost anyone and probably still won that race. And they had the luxury of having Shana, Jack and Molly O'Callaghan just come in for the final. And they're probably going to go one, two in the actual 100 metres final as well this year. They're just two strong competitors. Mm. competitors. So... Um, yeah, that's fantastic. And this, I guess the other interesting one for me is Kaylee McEwen. Um, obviously known as a backstroker, won her gold medals in the backstroke, but she chose to sit out some of the backstroke events, or at least the 200-metre backstroke event here at the World Champs, so she could have a go at the 200-metre individual medley where she won the silver. And the plan for her down the line anyway is to kind of have a program where she can swim all of them. She wants to be in about wow. six or seven individual events by the time it gets around to Paris. So they kind of went, all right, we don't need to do that now. It's all about timing that run over the next two or so years. So she's showing that she's got a potential here, winning a silver medal in an event that she really, this is the first time she's competed on the international stage in. So it's going to be exciting to see what she can do in the medley more when she gets it more consistently. Yeah, most certainly. Of course, no Ariane Tipmas, uh, Ledecky Cruz to victory in the 400. But, mm. uh, but the the thing people have been talking about is a 15-year-old Canadian, Summer McIntosh, who's broken the four-minute barrier. You can just think about she's 15. I mean, 15. It's frightening. We, we, we could have another player in, in four years' time. Oh, definitely. Uh, she was a name that during the Tokyo Olympics, she was right up there. Obviously, Titmus and Ledecky kind of went away with it. But if you look just behind them, she was there and she was there about, which was incredible. Uh, you've got this Canadian 14, 15-year-old who's producing world-beating times. And it's we're seeing a real contrast of performances at these games. I mean, I think there was a 43-year-old who won a medal in the, the 50-metre butterfly. And then we've got 15, 16-year-olds also performing well. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of versatile swimmers at these champs. Now, we mentioned Ledecky. That, that brings me to this decision by FINA to basically ban uh, trans athletes. It's a sensitive issue, as you know. And the reason I mentioned Ledecky is because their 500-yard college time was 10 seconds faster, 10 seconds faster than Leah Thomas, who's basically expressed her desire mm. to try and compete for a spot in the Olympic Games. Well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. The sense I got out of this decision... Uh, well, it was yesterday, wasn't it late? Yesterday, Lockie, was mm. that it was sort of, a, I guess, a blanket decision where FINA said, you know what, this is going to be too delicate an issue for us to deal with and we're going to put it in two-to-half basket. And so we don't want to discuss, I guess, the minutiae or look at a case-by-case basis. We'll just say, no, nope, banned, gone, done. I think in some respects it's good that FINA have gone, okay, let's at least address the issue head-on. Let's make a decision and make a call. Uh Personally, I still don't think it's it's the right one that it's taking. There's, there's this whole idea of fairness, and we've seen a lot of athletes who are kind of being scared to, to speak out, say, oh, we just want to keep the sport fair. We just want to keep the sport fair. But the fact is that transgender athletes, and if we want to use swimming as an example, have been allowed to compete at the Olympic Games since 2004. We haven't had one, re- we haven't had one at the Olympic Games or at a big event like this for a reason, because... There's no one actually competing at the times that would get into these events. And it, it does feel like from certain parts, there has been a bit of a scare campaign about, oh, 
they're coming to take the, the places of women's sport. And while I, I get there's legitimate concern for that, there's been no proof to show that there are swimmers that are doing these times that are doing it at these big international events. So I, I think it is, they you kind of are right, that they've kind of just gone, all right, let's just stop it here and then that we can move on from it. And I think it needed to be a lot more nuanced by that. And especially the idea to have sort of an open category for transgender athletes, I think is almost, it's really heartbreaking to think of that you're just making a category for themselves. And when you think about how many trans swimmers there are, it means there'll be one or two swimmers competing against Correct. each other. And that, that's not what they want. They want to be no. competing. Um, if, if they're a trans woman, they want to be competing with women. And I think that's what this is about the, overlooked um this is as overlooked and yeah I, I think i don't think we've heard the end of this even though it's kind of like a okay it feels like a line in the sand moment i think there'll be more to come with this as we get better understanding of exactly the the right way to move forward no i, th- I think you're 100 right and it was leah thomas's success that brought this issue to a head and made them have to address it made them, and the thing is Trans athletes aren't banging the door down in elite competition. So the point you make is mm. 100% right. The idea we're going to get swamped with trans women that are going to break all the records, well, it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened. So there is a bit of hysteria surrounding this. Mate, it's, it's, I'd like to talk to you again down the track about this topic and we'll see how things unfold, mm. uh, particularly with other sports as well. Uh, we've got to get to a break. Thank you so much, mate. We'll catch you next Monday. Oh, good. Anytime, Jules. There he is. Lachlan McCurdy from Code Sports. A really good piece, too, by the way, about Michelle Ford. Uh, speaking of a disadvantage in the pool up against the East Germans and their doping regime, check that out. Just get it. If you don't have a subscription, high-quality sports writing, Code Sports, uh, make sure you sign up. We're on. Yeah, just having a bit of a chat off here about the great town of Dubbo. Matty Burton's from Dubbo. Isaiah Yo's from Dubbo. We're just going through it. And there's quite a lot of uh, former New South Wales players from the town of Dubbo that have played for the Blues, and it got me thinking, and I'll put Pat, my research master, on this, whether Dubbo has been more represented in the Blues Origin Arena than any other regional New South Wales town. Certainly more than Wagga Wagga. I, I, I can't think. I mean, it's pretty good. That Scotty Hill, Dean Pay, David Peachy, Luke Prittis. There's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. 0457 736 736, the text line number. Bondi Jack, good evening to you. Uh, Hudson Young, my first starting Origin forward picked. I don't know if he's my first. Way ahead of Talakai or Angus. Uh, Talakai's an interesting one, isn't he, Bondi Jack? New South Wales don't get it. Uh, did you notice how badly the Knights were shafted? I caught a bit of it. I was on air yesterday, and I, I missed the second half. I was driving home. But, uh, yes, yeah, so they were lucky, the Raiders. A clear eight-point try ignored by the bunker. Repeat grub Rapana comes in very late, buries his knees into Lee's ribs after the try. Uh, nobody said a word. Gagai went off his tree at Klein after back-to-back piggyback penalties on the faders line. So what you did there? When the faders were dead and buried, Sticky was kissed on the uh, backside by a fairy. Cheers, Bondi Jack. Now, he did coach your beloved Roosters, Bondi Jack. Do you like Sticky or don't like Sticky? Hillary. Good evening to you, Hillary. Evening, Julian. Hillstorm, Maroon Hillary from Gippsland, Victoria. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Does it really surprise you about the many changes? New South Wales stands for no loyalty and doesn't know the meaning of culture, so therefore changes are plenty. <laughs> You're a Queensland fan like me, Hillary. I love you. Another thing Freddie can put on a really sour face, the big spooky la-la. Uh, Billy will always be my man, and Queensland is my storm. are loyal and proud and don't look for a quick fix, especially when you only lose by half a metre. Well, a lot of people echo that sentiment, Hillary. Seven changes. 
Okay, let's say six because they're widened, right? But so that was an enforced change in the rest of them. Talk about loyalty. He was loyal to Sims in game one. Wasn't loyal to Otto Carr. Wasn't loyal to Jake. But now he wants Jake back for game two because he liked the way he defended on Friday night against against the Cowboys. So the Brains Trust in New South Wales obviously have a plan. They had a plan game one. Didn't work. Maybe they're banking on the game being refereed a bit differently. Did get into Jared Maxwell's ear. Just don't have... I just think they're missing one big bopper. You've got to give these guys a chance, don't you? They didn't get blown off the park by 50. It wasn't Queensland game one last year at all. Although Campbell Gillard was unlucky. Maybe, you know, Madison probably deserved another go. 0457 736 736. Running a bit behind time tonight. What I might do, I'll knock off another break because I've got to get to James Polson from the Sydney Morning Herald Sports Test to have a look at the back pages of the broadsheet. Welcome back to the program. Keep those text messages coming in. 0457 736 736. Extra, extra, read all about it. If I had my way, I'd play even more songs in this program. And Pat's a DJ at his spare time as well. <laughs> James Bolson from the City Morning Herald Sports Desk is on the line right now. Evening, Jimmy. Good day, Jules. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm going very, very well. Uh, how did uh, how did Manly go? Oh, they're going fantastic. It yeah. took about the 74th minute. I, I stopped <laughs> watching. I'm not. I just assumed we won. One of those years at Four Pies. You beat the traffic. What do we head out five to go? You know. Yeah. No. Get some Maccas. Head home. That's right. Uh, no. Don't know what happened after that. No. The uh, less said, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness me. Well, it was enough to earn Jake Trebojevic a recall, uh, according to Freddie. Like the way he defended up the middle and. Looking at the Herald tomorrow, there's an origin feast. Yes, uh, plenty, plenty of origin tomorrow, as you say, as we all know. He's rung the changes again. Um, yeah, six, well, I suppose, as you say, six changes with the absence of Jack White. And he um, come under scrutiny again, Freddie, for his, for his selections, I suppose it's fair to say. But, I mean, I, he hasn't got a great deal wrong so far, to be honest. Even that first game, they, they probably could have won that. And, you know, the the... the the sort of out there picks he did make, like Jack Whiten being the one that comes to mind first, he was probably close to best on ground. So it's, um, yeah, interesting times. The thing about it is, I mean, this is the point that people are making. If, you, if they didn't do that much wrong, it, you know, Isaiah yeah, was in a few blades yeah. of grass of, of making it interesting, uh, for want of a better expression. Uh, why the need then for seven changes or six, if, minus the, uh, the COVID-induced change of Jack Whiten? I guess that's... a the question, and, you know, Parramatta was so good, weren't they, on Saturday night? And Campbell Gillard over 200 were, metres. Yeah. Ryan Madison had arguably his best game of the season. Both of those blokes have been punted for, well, for who, really? I mean, Angus Crichton and then, what, Talakai? Yeah, I think, like, Talakai, if the series had come a couple of weeks earlier, or maybe, you know, a month, month six weeks earlier, it might have been a, a walk-up start. But it, it sort of makes you wonder if he's if he's worth picking now, sort of why, why it didn't happen before, for what it's worth, I mm. think he'll... I think it'll go very well, but it's just a, it's an interesting call. Yeah, it is. It, you know, the thing is, I, I made the point, is that just looking at the personnel that he's picked, it, it's almost like it's picked on an assumption that the play the board speed that he wasn't happy about in game one is somehow going to change or be officiated differently, despite the fact that, that Ashley Klein is in charge for game number two, which brings us to, you've got a couple of yarns about uh, kick pressure on, on Nathan Cleary. And uh, and Webby's had a bit to say as well about the refs. Yeah, it was Webby. Webby writes today. I mean, it, 
Freddie said after the uh, in the aftermath of that game one that he wanted to speak to uh, Jared Maxwell, the referee's boss, and it's it's also come out today via Andrew Webster's column that he actually sought a meeting well before the series. Uh, you know, a few things he was concerned about with the Maroons, as you say, the kick pressure on Query, uh, Harry Grant out of dummy half. The Blues often believed there were some forward passes in there, which you know, obviously, as you know, there was a, a forward pass from New South Wales that mm. proved very crucial to that result a few weeks ago. And, you know, Cameron, um, Cameron Munster, among others, regularly offside. So, yeah, as you say, same man with the whistle. So it's, it's hard to see what's going to change there. Nathan Cleary, for his part, is, he's come out and said he's not looking for any special treatment from the ref. He expects Ashley to keep the keep the whistle in his pocket as he did in the first game. I think there was... Um, I think he took almost 60 minutes to finally blow a penalty in that yeah. first game in Sydney. So it's hard to see why it would be any different. And... Probably rightly so. That's the way people love Origin, so... Oh, without doubt. You know, the thing about it is, and yeah, there are a couple of calls where you look at some of the forward passes of the officer and go, oh, you know, that may be a bit lucky there. That could have gone the other way. But I think by and large, and, and I'm not one to give Ashley Klein a rap, generally speaking, but it had a really good flow, Origin it 1. Did. It had a really good flow. But what's interesting is that, you know, I'll just let them do their job, but I'll just uh, echo my concerns anyway, you know, sort of subconsciously planning the no, scene. No, that's right. Just, yeah. just throw it out there. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, just, 101. Yes, just switching codes for a moment. Uh, what's this about Buddy Franklin? Uh, don't tell me that the Swans are going to sign him and he's going to go around again. Yeah, no, they're looking at um, re-signing him to a new deal even before the end of the season. So he's coming to the end of, uh, I think it was nine-year, $10 million, $10 million deal. He arrived mm. in Sydney at the end of 2013. They're, um, they're keeping their cards close to their chest, but he'll be 36, I believe, next year. The, he's settled in Sydney, so it's, it's not going to be a case of you know other clubs driving driving the price up or anything like that. But I think, yeah, he's going to have to take a bit of a pay cut, but you know, go around again, possibly pocket about $400,000 in a team on the up. Why not? Isn't it funny, like, do you remember when he was signed and he was the biggest player in the game? And people said, you nine years. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? This and people, this is an outrageous nine years. Can you believe it? Why would you sign anyone in nine years? I don't think anybody now looks back at that and said, you know what, that was a bad decision. Oh, no, they, that's They've got right. their I money's mean, worth. They don't have the flag okay. granted that he lost one. But, yeah. you know, popularity, uh, you know, I guess the overall PR and... The amount of people that he the will metrics, bums and seats. They like to say that's right. The the what did you say? The metrics, the metrics and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. There's obviously, obviously, there is unfinished business there, and you know, they they might get there this year or thereabouts. It may happen next year, but yeah, that's that's certainly the one thing missing is is obviously the flag. So it's got to make him hungry to have another crack. I would assume, but mm. you never know. Mm. Now the question is, I wonder if Dusty Martin's going to join him. Doesn't no, seem to that's go. Right. Doesn't think... seem to go away that rumor. Doesn't no. seem to go away. He sort of pops up in Sydney from time to time. Dusty loves his league. Seat in the boxing ring and the gyms. And watch this space. Imagine Dusty and Buddy. There you go. Oh, oh, Eddie'd be Eddie'd be made off. Eddie'd be spewed. They got rid of the cost of living allowance, didn't they? In Sydney, they I'm, did. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. Far out. No, I think based on <laughs> they need to bring deal, it back right. for two dollars twenty a litre of a petrol. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Don't get me started on real estate. Mate, uh, one before we let you go, I know Phil Lutton's been uh, very close to this topic or this issue, and that's uh, transgender athletes in sport, and in particular swimming. Uh, and off the back of, I guess you could say, the success of Leah Thomas in the college meets at uh, FINA, the decision's been brought to a head, and in a sense they've probably hurried up this decision, and 
He's written about that in the papers, and we can read about that tomorrow or online now. But um, you know, it's it's a controversial issue; it won't go away. But effectively, uh, it's a blanket ban now at all trans athletes in the sport of swimming. Yeah, that's right. It's almost um, it's almost sort of heading it off at the pass in a way. You know, it could have come to an absolute head at the Paris Olympics in two years' time. But yeah, FINA have drawn a very hard, very hard line in the sand today. Cycling came out last week with a with a policy that was, um, I guess, I guess you'd probably say weaker would be the word. But um, yeah, no, it basically has uh, written off all transgender athletes in at any FINA sanctioned meet. So that's you know, World Championships, Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games, you name it. A few um, a few Aussie swimmers have, have come out in support of the policy. A few others, or well, Matty Groves being the main mm. one, has uh, broken ranks and come out against it. So, yeah, certainly an issue that's not going anywhere and one that, all, well, basically all other sports are dealing with in some capacity as as we speak. It just said, it, it sort of said, seemed to me like they didn't want to drill down too deeply into the complexity of the issue. So, you know what, just so let's just say no, we've spoken to a few people, done. You know, what no, it, puts it, right. it puts an end to the issue, but then now people are making the point, well, what about synchronised swimming? You know, there's no exactly, particular yeah. competitive advantage there or in the Masters. So, you know, say you transition at 18 and you're a 70-year-old, well, why should that preclude you from swimming in Masters swimming tournaments, for example? So, you know, there, there's there are many layers to this issue, and I'm not sure we've heard the last of it. No, I couldn't agree more. I think, it, I think it's one that's going to keep on uh, rearing its head. I'm sure Catherine Dees is celebrating somewhere. Anyway, Jimmy, mm. mate, we'll let you go. Thank you. So a stacked back page of the Sydney Morning Herald tomorrow. Go to smh.com.au. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Cheers. There is James Paulson from the Sydney Morning Herald Sports Desk. Go four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're on high ground. It is Monday night, about nine minutes to the top of the hour, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 0457 736 736. Just some cricket very quickly. The Aussies, uh, well, they didn't go in that game last night, third ODI with a frontline leggy, and they lost by six wickets. Sri Lanka, record-breaking stand in Colombo. Now, they, they were flying too, the Aussies. Uh, Travis Head helping the six for 291. It's a pretty slow wicket. Then Sri Lanka, four for 292, and they cruised. They cruised. They did it with nine balls to spare. So well in Department of Sanka, he's made an ODI century, 137 in the chase. Kusil Mendes, 87. And that was a 170-run second-wicket stand between the pair. And then eventually Mendes retired hurt with cramps. So that was their biggest ever chase against Australia. The Sri Lankans, their biggest ever. So well done. So now 2-1 up in the five-match series, back-to-back wins over the tourists for the first time in 20 years. Which, you know, if you take off your Aussie hat, you, you like to see other teams outside the big three perform well in any form of the game. Because Zampa, as you know, he hasn't been there. He's been home on a paternity leave. But Australia decided not to play Swepson. Bit of a dewy surface. And the fourth ODI gets underway tomorrow in Colombo. Now, Bondi Jack, I said, what did you think of Sticky? Because, yes, he, he won your grand final. Sticky sent my chooks from the penthouse to the basement. The 05 and 06 seasons without Freddie, then did the same with the Sharks and Para. I'd had to rate him. Isn't it funny? He's very polarising like that, Stuart. And others would say, well, the premiership success he had was built off what Graham Murray had established. But I don't rate him. This is my favourite part. Particularly after I beat the mug to the bar at the Lara Hotel, he dropped the shelter on me. <laughs> 
I can just see two highly charged and highly competitive men right there. Doing a good job right now with Tarpana and Young on board. Cheers, Pontage. Good on you. Thank you. 0457 736 736. You know what? I, I quite like the Canadian Grand Prix. It's a short track. I quite like it. But they're on crappy hours if, you, if you're an F1 fan here in Australia. It's at 4 a.m. in the morning. And so I sort of got up in the middle and I checked it. Max Verstappen is flying. Remember this was the year that was meant to be more competitive? The racing was meant to be more competitive. New aerodynamics, more chances at overtaking. It hasn't panned out to be anything like that. Max is flying at the moment. Tighten his grip on a second world title. Shocker for McLaren. Pit stop blunder. Ruin Ricardo. Ruin Norris. Charles Leclerc. Mixed fortunes for Charles Leclerc. He had to start at the back of the grid after new engine components went from 19th to 5th. 19th to 5th. But the thing about Ricardo, see, this is what happened. The pit crew in McLaren opted to double stack their drivers. And Ricardo was a couple of seconds slower than he should have in the pit stop. The front right wouldn't come off. So Lando lost time behind him, and then they didn't have his tyres ready. It was just a cluster, you know what. And Ricardo said, look, it wasn't a well-polished race. There's an understatement. We were not quick today. It is a dog of a car, that McLaren, the papaya. Remember they said, oh, well, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, yeah, the big three. Who's the next best out? Everyone said, oh, it's got to be McLaren because of that one big year. It is a dog of a car. A dog of a car. I mean, the Alpha just flew past it. There's drivers that aren't half as good as those blokes that are posting better times. Disappointing if you're a race fan, although I guess if you're an Australian F1 fan, you'd be excited by the prospect of Oscar Piastri racing in Formula One next year. 0457 736 736 is the text line number one hour down here on high ground on a Monday night. Second hour of the program, 0457 736 736 and the open line number 1300 011170. It's going to be weird, isn't it? You've got Origins Sunday night. Can't stand it on that Sunday night. I'm a Wednesday night, Wednesday night man through and through. Once it's done, full time, I'm off to bed. Have a think about it the next day, and then I'm fully focused on my team playing club football. So this weekend, we've got Origin Sunday. It's, it's going to be weird, isn't it? What are we going to do with ourselves, Pat? What will we do with <laughs> ourselves? Because Souths need all the time they can to regroup and regather after that deplorable effort in the first 40. But I'll take the win. You know what? I'm looking at the ladder at the moment. So if I run through the NRL out, in fact, let's do that right now. Panthers out in front, 28 points. They're first. Storm on 24. They've played 14 games. Already had the bye. Cowboys, 22. Sharks, 20. Broncos, 20. Eels, 20. You'd think those six are going to be there. Although, if anything, is there a chance Brisbane at the back end of the season may fade? May fade out. I don't know. Then you've got the Rabbitohs on 16, the Dragons on 16, followed by the Roosters, Eagles and Raiders all on 14. Canberra in 11th place at the moment. And then Newcastle in 12th on 10. Well, they're gone. Dogs are gone on 8. Tigers on 8. Warriors 8. And then Titans on 6. So basically anyone up to Canberra a shot at that 8. Anyone up to Canberra a shot at that 8. And I can't help but think that that magic round game against Gold Coast... The Dragons lost it in Golden Point with Lomax, Mr. Sitter. Would have just that, that got them to 18. That that could be the difference between making the eight or not making the eight. Could be. 
0457 736 736 is the text line number. Just running through rep round. Uh, Thursday night, Leichhardt Oval, 5.45pm. We've got the under-19s games in action. New South Wales under-19s women versus the Queensland under-19s women, followed by the men's game. Uh, Davey Mole from South. Is it Mole or Moali? Pat, how do I say that? You'd know that. He's played a bit of first grade. Moali. It is Moali, isn't it? Yep. And uh, Trey Mooney from the Raiders will feature in that game. Friday, GIO Stadium in Canberra, 7.45pm. We've got the women's origin game. Now, Queensland have won the last two fixtures. They won the last two, of course, led by uh, the illustrious Ali Brigginshaw. Oh, just on the women's too. Very excited to read today that the Dragons have re-signed Amber Tonegato, who will be the Blues fullback, former rugby player. She is an absolute weapon. Excitement machine. Then on Saturday, Mount Smart Stadium. This is going to be a belter. We've got New Zealand. Well, Kiwi Ferns against uh, Tonga in the women's 1.10pm, and then New Zealand against Tonga men's 3.20. First professional game of rugby league in New Zealand since 2019. Since 2019. And how's this for a, a Kiwi spine? Most likely. Joey Manu, Dylan Brown, Jerome Hughes, Brown and Smith. Decent spine. I know some people are saying, oh, do you pick four and it's six? Now you've got to run Dylan Brown, surely. Tony Staggs now, because he was omitted from the Blues team. Will partner Talatau Mo, Junior Mo in the halves in a team that'll feature Adam Fanil Blake. Jason Tamalolo, Amole Alakautu, Keen Kolomatagi, and Tavita Pangai Jr. Some big boppers in that Tongan side. Now, Tonga, coached by Christian Wolf. Is he next cab off the rank after Seraldo? He's in line for one of the three vacant coaching jobs at the moment. Currently coaching uh, reigning Premier St. Helens, who are top of the table in the Super League. So that is going to be the uh, exciting game this weekend. Now, Saturday... Campbelltown Sports Stadium, 5.40pm. We've got Samoa against the Cook Islands. The Stacks of Ellenside, Isaac Tago, Taylor May, Josh Schuster, Marty Tapao, Luciano Leilua. Although I was of the understanding, Pat, that he wasn't going to play as part of his deal for signing with North Queensland. They want him to sit out the rep round. I'll double-check that. And Anthony Milford. Now, a pretty young Cook Island side, uh, mainly mainly New South Wales Cup players. It includes three sets of brothers. We've got Essen and Stephen Masters. Reuben Vincent Rennie and Kale and Andre Iro. If you think, is that the same Iro? Yes, it is. The sons of Kiwis and Cook Islands, great Kevin Iro. Also on Saturday, 7.50 p.m., that is the second game at Campbelltown Sports Stadium. PNG in Fiji. Papua New Guinea up against Fiji. The Kumul side headlined by Alex Johnston. You've got Justin Olam, who, of course, this week had re-signed for four years with the Melbourne Storm. Broncos winger David Mead and Roosters half Lachlan Lamb. Uh, pretty decent Fijian side. Kevin Nogama as captain. You've got Viliami Kikau, Mike Acevo, Michaela Ravalawa, Tui Kamakamita, Brandon Wakem, and Tane Mill. And then Papua New Guinea features six players from that PNG Queensland Cup team, the Hunters, while the Fiji squad features four players from the Fijian competition. And then, of course, Optus Stadium, 7.50pm Eastern Standard Time. State of origin game two. And as I mentioned, New South Wales dollar eighty favourites. Queensland just tick over two two dollars two last time I saw the betting markets. Queensland two oh two. And New South Wales dollar eighty favourites. Seven changes. Seven changes. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Let's have a look at the birthdays today. It is June twentieth. Born this day nineteen fifty four. Alan Lamb. British cricketer, good player, but of course, born in South Africa, as so many were. Well, that was a joke, wasn't it? Where did the England cricket team stay when they toured South Africa? Their parents' house. 
Now, I, I, this is this is a tenuous link to sport, but I had to put it in there. 1967, born today. Known for exploits on a BMX bike. Happy birthday to Oscar and Nicole Kidman. BMX fan is all shot around Manly, too, on the golf course there. 1969, Malamai, Washington. Remember, he made an Olympic final, lost to eventual champion, one of the, the grass court greats in Pete Sampras. Went to the Olympics in 96, born in Glen Cove, New York, Malibu, Washington. 1977, he's a blast from the past. He's Queenslander, Melbourne Storm Centre, Aaron Moore. Born this day, 1977. Not a lot of league birthdays today, I might add. Born in 1978, Frank Lampard, English footballer. And born today, 1988. Not the West Coast Eagles, Josh Kennedy, but the Sydney Swans, Josh Kennedy. 0457. 736-736. Kingy, could you drop off your F1 commentary? I'm 10 laps into the race and... Po- oh, sorry, mate. As important as the Montreal race is, I had to terminate you for two minutes. That's okay. No more F1 talk. I, w- I won't spoil it for you. I just got into K after 40 hours of US Open and eight games of NRL. Pick it back up when you go the rewind. <laughs> yeah, I quite like it. There's a lot of laps in Canada. Of course, Danny Rick won there. It's his first win, 2014. 2014. What did you make of the golf, Brondi Jack? Happy for Matty Fitzpatrick. Gowie said he on the program yesterday. He likes it. Salatoris has got to have what in him. He's been oh so close. They looked a bit tired. Ram looked tired. Rory looked tired. He suspected that the PGA, even though the, the majors are on separate, the PGA were, were gunning for somebody like Rory or John Ram to win because you know how it's spoken. Both of those respective gentlemen had been when it comes to this live golf, Saudi back live golf tournament. And speaking of it, there's a bit of chatter today that there's going to be another player, another top 16 player jump ship and a multiple major winner. It's a fair bit of speculation. Word has it Victor Hovland is going to jump ship. I know Finau's been thrown around. Another name that's been spitballed has been Xander Shoffley and Abraham Answer. Kevin Nahr is one that has just recently signed. Now, there's a bit of chatter about Brooks. He's sort of hot and cold about it. He, well, he doesn't like that line of questioning, Brooks Kepka. He can be a bit prickly at times, Brooks Kepka, great golfer. But I reckon a lot of them have thought, beauty, I'll jump at the cash. Then they've seen what it's done to Phil with this line of questioning and how they just get hammered for it, have their morality questioned. That I reckon plenty have got cold feet. Plenty have got cold feet. 0457 736 736. We're a bit late for this, but you know what? I've got to drag Patty in. Let's do this. The finger thing means to taxes. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. Ah, Patrick, good evening to you. You only work with South fans now after Thursday. There's plenty of dragons in this building, I have to say. Yeah, I was lucky enough to catch Brooksy on the way out. Mm. Um, He reminded me. Yeah, that's a very Brooksy thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, it's, it's been a long time since we've beaten Souths in a regular season game, so I'll take it. You know, I, I, you know, Bronco Jack's talking about watching things on on replay. I put the kids to bed. It was a Thursday night, and uh, it's, you know, around you know, seven fifty kickoff, whatever it was, seven fifty five, and you think, that is just the worst time for me to sit down and watch footy when you got two kids under seven. So I've done the old just record it, keep the phone away because you know I'm at Dragons chat group and you can just see the commentary. What a BS call that was! I said no, no, I can't. Didn't want to see my NRL notifications. Nothing. So I got everyone to bed. It's probably about 10 when I finally got to sit down and watch because when I put the kids to bed, I kind of I nod off myself. I wake up, have a little yawn. I said, beautiful. Make a little cup of tea. Sit down. I said, oh, here we go. This is good. Another one. Oh, beautiful. And they just kept coming and coming. 
32 nil at halftime. I was stunned. Unreal. Absolutely stunned. Unreal. I was thinking, what is Cam Murray doing here? What is what is Cody Walker doing coming to that? Was it Tom Burgess? I mean, he's, mate, you're there to tackle some. You stood there and watched him as the Bellin strode past. But it was I tried strange. to do a game, like watch it on replay once. Mm. There was this 2019 prelim loss to the Raiders. Mm. And it got through halftime live. And then a, a girl called me to, to go out. So I'm like, I'll put everything on hold and head out. Didn't look at my phone, but then South lost. And my phone just blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. Pinging. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't avoid it. I'm like, okay, South lost. So I went through the disappointment once, got home in the very early hours of the morning, watched it again, and it was a close game. And I was like, no, some, something's wrong. South are going to win this game. Then they lost, and I had to go through it all again. So a couple of bad choices you made that evening, yeah, yeah. is what you're telling me. All right, yeah. agree to disagree. What do you got for me? I still think South will finish over the Dragons on the table. I haven't looked at the run. I, I, you know what? I'll say agree. Yeah. And I, I'm basically putting all of that on Latrell. He looks good. He looks good. Drop five kilos, fighting fit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say yes. Yeah. I don't I don't think that the dropping or the hooking of Lockie Elias was as diabolical as... I fell for the bloke. Yeah. Clearly made no difference, but... You know, I, I can see what Demetrio is trying to say. You know, there's, there's that they had some a more, experience out there, but... Yeah. You know, chance to yeah. make amends. Yeah. Anyway. We've said a few times I think he's been been good. The New South Wales bench, mm. it's a mess. Agree. Yeah. It's a weird bench. I know Crine usually plays Origin as a middle. Yeah. But has he been... He's, but no, in form, Crine's one of the best edge players in the game. Yeah. Yeah, well... Uh, the Talakai one's weird. You know, I know he can play in the forwards. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Just, I'd like to see another. Well. Yeah, I'd like to see another big body. The cook, yeah. the cook thing wasn't as shocking to me, but anyway. Yeah, I don't think there's much odd. between Cook and Coruscant. Mm. Got a lot of got a lot of background. Even Jake. I mean, Jake can play front row, but it, Jake's a lock. Well, you mentioned his meters down. He's averaging eighty four this year, yeah. which is his lowest since by a long way since he debuted. Mm. You were talking earlier about best rugby league towns. Yeah. So you brought up Dubbo. Yep. And Matt Burton will be the ninth player. Ninth player. So along with Scott Hill. Yes. Josh Jackson. Yep. David Peachy. Josh Jackson. I thought Josh Jackson was a Gulgong boy. We'll have to check the tapes then. We'll just double double check that. I mean, you know, where was he born? Where was he raised? I mean, sometimes they get a bit loose, these towns, in terms of how they claim... Certain players like Wagga Wagga. If you're within 100 miles, I just claim you, right? Well, Sterling's the one for Wagga because he was born in Toowoomba, correct? Famously, yes, but he did live and grow up in Wagga Wagga, though, to Sterling. Mm. And yeah. the, so, so Jackson was born in Golgong, yeah. Josh Jackson, born in Golgong, played his junior football, the Golgong Bull Terriers and Mudgee Dragons, and then in 2007, his family moved to Newcastle. So, I don't know why they've got Josh Jackson. Dubbo. I know it's not far from Dubbo, but even still. Galgong, well, yes. Well, my point was, does... Um, it's about was, now, yeah. So Galgong's about now from Dubbo. I was looking up the towns. Hmm. Does Wollongong count as a country town? I think yes. Well, they they would have happened covered, wouldn't they, Wollongong? But they had only 10. Only? It's pretty good, though. Uh, yeah, but uh, Dubbo could potentially be on nine. Mm, okay. All right. 
What's your source this for that, by the way? The Rugby League Project. And they've got Josh Jackson for Dubbo, do they? They've got Josh Jackson Dubbo. Yeah, I've got to give him to Galgong. Sorry, Ferguson. I'm giving Josh Jackson to Galgong. Mm. So let's scale it back to eight. And that includes Burton, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still, not bad. Yeah, Luke Pritis from there. I didn't know Luke Pritis was in there. I do now. Yeah. Yes. What else have you got? That's that's it until we go to the drive through at Maccas and we've got to put an order in. Drive through at the Maccas? Yeah. I tell you what, if you choose, you know what, I'm 99% of the time on the Big Mac now. On the Big Mac. Yeah, Nuggets. Yeah, I eat Nuggets, man. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I, I don't mind the Nuggets. Now that they use real chicken. Yeah. Right, sweet and sour sauce. Yes, yeah. You know what you got to do, though? you got to check the bag because I reckon far too many times they don't put the sauce in. What's all sweet and sour? You've got to check. Always check the bag. Yeah. See, I'm happy to eat them without sauce. My missus sends me back if they're... Sans sauce in the bag. I wouldn't get too far without the sauce. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. No, you could drink it by the bucket load if you could. All Especially right, my you. share house days. Kingy, I was rooting for Will, or won't I? Will I want a Zalatoris? Fitzpatrick sounds and looks a bit too much like that pommy ball tamper Atherton for me. Scheffler is the dead spit of my buddy Bam Bam Mickey Al, the Zalatoris' pinhead DC. Yeah, he's got a bit of that. Changed his putting striker for years ago. He's got. He's a beautiful ball striker. Really nice ball striker. And Scotty Scheffler, good player, world number one. He's one of these guys that looks older than he is. Don't you reckon? I'm just going to bring up that, that picture. Scotty Scheffler, he's 25, but he's got to look 30. Scotty Scheffler's 25. He looks like he's 35. But Fitzpatrick, happy for him. Got a nice, t- classy touch too by Rory to hang around right at the end. And then, you know, Zalatoris as well. I said, oh, congratulations, mate. You know, I've had to lose to anyone. I'm, I'm glad it was you. 0457-736-736. And the open line number, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Hello, Siv. Mr. King, hello. How are you doing? Very well. How are you going? Good. That's good. I, I should I should say, at, on, at the end of Friday's show, when I did the, the quickfire sign-off that I do, when you were going, did you like the quickfire sign-off? I probably should explain that for new people who've just joined the party. It's not because I'm trying to be rude. It's actually because I'm trying to be, you know, reasonably quick and get off, even though I spent 10 minutes dribbling away or whatever I spent. <laughs> can't even remember. So, you know, that's the reason I do it. It's not It's not to be rude. It's no, it's a time no. thing. You know, I kind no. of... It's efficiency. I kind of see that. I kind of get it, you know? Yes. I mean, you're very abrupt. In yeah. That you know, there was yeah. always a rule in radio, <laughs> and sometimes people used to say, well... Tell the call vetters uh, never to uh, to remind the callers. Don't ask how they are because they just waste time. I don't mind, especially on nights. You know, how are you going? Good, mate. How you been? You know, we can be friendly in yeah, conversation. Right, yeah. We can be genial. Be a bit casual. And, and uh, the great ABC radio cricket broadcaster Jim Maxwell uh, talked about Jim Maxwell, and he yes. said, "Well, you know, even though they say don't ask the presenters how they're going, Jim says, well, the customer's always right. If they want to do it, they're the caller." <laughs> So how are you going? I'm very well. Thank you so much for asking. How's your day been? Okay. <laughs> what would you like to talk well, about? Well, I, I, the, 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 the reason I do that as well, is it's like a social noise. We all make it, even though I'm not expecting you to tell me that, you know, your toe, your toe hurts or that, you know, you've got some medical trouble and, you know, you've, you're slightly hungover from the night before mm. after eating 20 chicken nuggets and having 15 kegs of beer. You know, I'm not <laughs> expecting that. But, you That's know, a I remarkably accurate portrayal you know, of my life at the moment. 
I told you I could see through the souls without having to. Now, look, just on um, a couple of things. I, by the way, Paddy there mentioned the um, the Nuggets and the McDonald's and all that. I am a huge fan of Nuggets. I mean, my idea of heaven is to... Um, my idea of heaven is to uh, have the... Um, have the box of nuggets, but have about 20 or 30 of them. If I could ever get 20 or 30 nuggets and just chomp away on them, you know, and just enjoy them. I just love the chicken nuggets. I do like the sauces. Got to say that. I do love those, uh, the sweet and sour sauce and all that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. No, sweet and sour is um, I, I can't imagine what, it's almost, it's the default Macca sauce now, isn't it? The, the, um, the sweet yes, and sour. it is. I, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it is. But in terms of you know, chicken nuggets, um, what, what I found out, I, I, I was going for the drive-through, just, just on the nuggets, Siva, is you can get them in what yes. the, the, you can get a ten-piece, um, and then they had a twenty and a, I think a twenty-five. But the 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 twenty-pack costs more than the twenty-five pack, or something really weird like that. And I couldn't quite reconcile uh, why that was the case. That is strange. It is very strange. maybe the twenty-pack of nuggets has golden nuggets in there. <laughs> you, I mean, you might be paying a bit more for the gold. I don't know. You know, that might be that might be the gold price, mm. price and inflation. Mm. That's probably what it is. But I'm, I've got to say, I am looking forward to State of Origin. I am surprised Queensland are, are that far out, two dollars eighty. I think that's it's probably a bit oh, far. It's a bit I mean, shorter they than that. that no, no, a bit shorter. About, I think it's just over two dollars. So the last time I checked, it was uh, New South Wales a dollar eighty, Queensland two oh two. I expect the Maroons to firm though uh, by game time. Yeah, I think they probably will because, you know, I mean, I know that Freddie has made, what, several changes. I think about seven or eight seven, changes, whatever eight. it was. Seven changes. See, I do keep up with the news. Oh. Uh, uh, and um, I, um, yeah, I know that he's done that, but I wouldn't discount, you know, Billy's tactics either. I mean, he's 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 legend of the game, I guess. You can call him that. I don't know whether that's... that's Putting it out there a bit, but Slater. Oh he, God, no! Absolutely, yeah, amazing. Billy Slater. Yeah, the greatest fullback yes, of all time, so, arguably. That's right. That's right. So, so I think I don't think you can discount somebody like that on any team, coaching any team, being in any team, playing in any team. Mm. Yeah, somebody. There's 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 some football smarts there. So I wouldn't I wouldn't discount any of that. So I think you're going to have an interesting game with with two you know, top line. Uh, players and of the game being being the coaches, so yeah, it should be a, a good one. But you know, if, if Queensland had won that first game, I think there's, I think they might be able to go off that momentum and maybe take out the second. But I, I would love New South Wales to win. Well, My heart says New South Wales because I want them to win. I want them. I want the series to be alive. Yes, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, how exciting is it going I, I'm to game I'm three? I'm conflicted there. The series on the line. Well, you know what? I've just they were really good, Queensland. I know there wasn't much into in it. But they are only going to get better. They got one under their belt. The, the pressure's all on New South Wales. I'm, 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 it is. I'm, yeah, I'm tipping Queensland to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know what I. Yeah, I, I really am. I'm really am conflicted. I, I want to stick my neck out and tip one of them, but I really am conflicted because my head says, you know, um, Queensland. They'll um, they're going to go without momentum, but my heart really says New South Wales. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm truly conflicted there. So I'm going to stay neutral on that, only because, you know, I just, I, I, I'm a little surprised at you know, the the odds being where they are, 
and I do like to follow the bookies. They know at least something. They know at least they at least know how to count. And if you know how to count, you're kind of halfway <laughs> there, I think. Well, uh, they got, <laughs> uh, and see if the bookies got the election right this time around. <laughs> no, <laughs> they did. They did. And just before I leave you, I want to try and leave you with a meaty, meaty sports topic. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that big story about Fina. Mm. And I uh, know I'm I'm going to be as sensitive as I can because it's a sensitive issue. But I think that's that's a very interesting decision. Um, in the end, I suppose it's the right one. But gee, that it it's taken a while to get to this point. It really has, hasn't it? Well, look, the games are to get to where they are now. The games are two years out, and the IOC first allowed trans athletes to compete in their games from Athens, two thousand and four. In, since that decision was made to allow them to compete, they've had a some total of two trans athletes compete in Olympic Games. Two. 04, yeah. 08, 2012, 2016, and then two. You know, it, two. That's it. So I think that those that it, are, are criticising the, yeah. criticizing the decision are saying, well, you know, it's sort of premised on this notion that somehow we're going to be swamped by trans athletes sort of banging the door down elite sport and it just it, it's not happening it hasn't happened but it's been brought to a head by no, the no I'm, I'm not of, criticizing of, the decision. Leah I Thomas, think it was a decision they had to make Leah Thomas who was an average male swimmer transitions to become a woman all of a sudden is is breaking college records so I can understand why that sends the alarm bells ringing uh, I, I just think that perhaps the decision was a tad hasty there's no reason why it can't be done on more of a an individualised case-by-case basis. And what the IOC have done now, rather than have blanket rules for all sports, mm. they're now sheeting home responsibility to the respective governing the bodies of codes, Olympic sports yeah. to make their own decisions. So you might well, have I mean, you know, I, I a transition for two years, three years, one year, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Well, I, I proffered this as a bit of a proposal. I, I sort of thought, why don't... You know how you have, say, you have a men's category and a women's category and then you might have you know if you go down to the younger years you have your aged categories and so on why couldn't they have a trans a trans category well, so that the trans athletes yeah, can, can yeah yeah a lot of people against have, and play have, against each other a lot of people have floated that idea the, the problem is that there actually aren't enough trans athletes really like i said they've had two in the history of the olympic games since they were first yeah, allowed to compete point. in 04 yeah. i mean what do you have? One swimmer racing against themselves, you know, up and down the pool. It's a guaranteed gold medal, yeah, isn't it? Wouldn't it? Work, know, it? No, <laughs> there's not the competition there. There's not the competition there. Yeah. And then you get no, that sticky debate that. Yeah. about, you know, well, what constitutes a woman? Is, is it biological? Is it is a gender thing? Oh, and, don't even get into you know, that. If you get into that, if you get into that debate, mate, you switch. You, you're going into sort of dangerous cultural territory. That's right. Yes. Yeah. You know, gender's non-binary. It's, you know, it's all a bit heavy for a Monday night, isn't it? I'm not sure it's going I think, away, I, I think I'd rather just. I think I'd just rather stick to scoring tries and kicking goals, mate. Good to talk to you, Jules. Good on you, sir. Thank you. Mate. So you go from McNuggets, and I've looked that up, by the way. And yes, twenty-four pack of nuggets is cheaper than a twenty pack of nuggets. And I'm not sure why, and I don't think anybody from McDonald's has actually explained why, but 24-pack of nuggets is cheaper than a 20-pack of nuggets. So it begs the question, why would you ever buy 20, pay more? Anyway, it's doing that during the break. You're on high ground.